Hey everyone, welcome to the Cyber Life Podcast. My name is Ken Underhill, your host. In today's episode, I have a special guest, John Prisco. John's been an entrepreneur for quite a while. He's also been in the security space for quite a while. He's exited multiple companies, driven a lot of revenue growth. And right now he's CEO and president of Quantum Exchange. So what they're doing is changing the game of quantum computing in relation to security. So first off, welcome, John. I, I definitely appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule to hop on the podcast today. Well, thank you. It's very nice to be here. John, a lot of people out there may not, they might have heard the word quantum, and they might have, of course, heard about security. But can you just break down what we're talking about when we talk about using quantum computing in security, just at a, kind of a, the layman's terminology or the layman's level of that? Yes. So quantum computers are uh, a wonderful promise uh, that should be available in the next few years. And uh, among some of the wonderful things they do is they make it easier for us to synthesize pharmaceuticals, which of course would be very helpful right now with the pandemic. Um, they're also able to solve very difficult problems in a finite period of time, which would take conventional computers uh, pretty close to an infinite period of time. Uh, but, but they have one other aspect that is concerning, and that is in the area of protecting encrypted transmissions of information. So most uh, data that is secure and has a long shelf life and confidential uh, is encrypted today so that we can transmit it from point A to point B without it being intercepted by uh, someone unintended to receive the information. And we do that uh, traditionally with classical cryptography keys, which are basically very, very large numbers that are the product of two prime numbers. Um, if you know the prime numbers, it's easy to produce the product. If you don't know the prime numbers, it's really difficult to factor that large number into the two prime numbers and thereby uh, decrypt the hidden message and the information. Quantum computers are very good at doing just that. So we have to find a way to protect our encryption standards. And um, what we're doing at Quantum Exchange is protecting uh, secure communications by introducing what's called a quantum key. And that differs from many quantum, from many uh, cryptographic keys in that it's made up of light. So actual photons of light that have a very special property in physics. And that property is associated with, if you try to observe uh, the behavior of the photons, you change their quantum state. And it's basically like changing the entire key. So if someone tried to intercept a quantum key, uh, it would be of no use to them because the key would have changed in such a way that it would no longer unlock the secret information. Okay. So, so do you... What, 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 no, go right ahead. No, no, please, please continue. Well, I, I was just going to say, so how, how does this uh, impact uh, commercial organizations, Fortune 500 companies, 
that have uh, data with a long shelf life with very sensitive information about customers. Well, um, companies today are beginning to take notice of the fact that uh, it's not a matter of if a quantum computer will be able to do this, it's more a matter of when. So they're beginning to look at ways to protect themselves uh, from the potential of a nefarious actor taking a quantum computer and doing this decryption uh, that uh, would be uh, so dangerous to these businesses. Now today, uh, companies are doing this uh, by using larger and larger cryptographic keys, which are harder to factor. But what we see happening from nefarious actors is that they are harvesting this data and they're harvesting the keys along with the data and just storing it for the time when there will be a powerful enough quantum computer that can break the key and therefore decrypt the data. So it's not so much uh, saying, well, I can wait, you know, this is five years off before a quantum computer can do this. I can wait uh, for those five years and then do something about it. People need to do something now because of this harvesting attack. Um, so if you do something about it now, you can future-proof uh, your sensitive data and prevent the, um, your data from being decrypted in the future. And we're starting to see that. Um, what we've done at Quantum Exchange is we've built a, a thousand kilometer optical fiber network along the northeastern seaboard of the United States. We've built a, um, a fiber optic ring in the New York, New Jersey metropolitan area to serve large financial institutions. Um, and of course, we're, we're spanning the distance from Boston to Washington, D.C., and therefore very focused on the federal government and uh, its security requirements. So I'm glad you touched on the federal government and, and obviously what, what you can talk about. But, you know, thinking back to, I think it was 2018, the National Quantum Initiative Act was passed. Do you feel that the federal government has moved more towards, uh, I guess, getting to a point where things are going to be a little more secure with quantum? Or uh, do you feel that it's taken a little longer than it should? Um, and, and I guess, how does that compare to what you're seeing in the private sector? Well, I think the first comparison I would make is to uh, China. Uh, China is out investing us about 10 to 1 in the field of quantum science. And I liken this to the space race of the 60s. Um, you know, it, it's a race that we really can't afford to come in second place. So, you know, while we've made uh, good strides toward investing in quantum science with, with the Quantum Information Science Act, uh, we have to do more. And of course, success is always based on having a public-private partnership. So there are lots of great works being done um, uh, by um, many companies that are working on quantum computers. And on the defensive side, uh, of course, the NSA and NIST are working on an arithmetic approach to this solution, which is called post-quantum cryptographic algorithms. Uh, there are about 26 or so algorithms that are still being vetted at NIST 
but they're talking about perhaps another three to four years before a new standard uh, cryptographic algorithm would be uh, would come to the fore. Uh, what we see happening in China is investment in all the areas I've just mentioned, but they've also invested heavily in quantum key distribution, these keys made of light that I described before. And we'd like to see the United States uh, add that to its solution set. You know, I, I've run a, a cybersecurity company in the past for many years, and we always had uh, a, a tradition of using multiple solutions uh, for any problem. There's never one magic bullet that solves a problem. And what we call that is defense in depth. So we think that uh, philosophy needs to be applied in quantum protection as well. And while we believe that the good work being done at NIST in arithmetic uh, quantum algorithms uh, it's very important. We think it should be combined with a physics approach uh, with the uh, quantum keys that I've described. So John, how easy is it for a corporation out there that's listening to this and says, oops, we need to get on board with this. How easy, easy it is, is it for them to actually implement the QKD or any other type of quantum security? Well, you know, it requires a dedicated program. You know, it's not something that will happen overnight, uh, but the technology is mature. Uh, the approaches that are available can be demonstrated quickly. And uh, if you adopt a policy of what we call crypto agility, uh, and by that I mean having many different solutions to this issue, uh, both physics-oriented and mathematics-oriented, um, you can, you don't have to make decisions without complete information. So, for example, uh, if you have a uh, trusted exchange-type device that would provide quantum keys, it would provide electrical quantum random number-generated keys and post-quantum cryptographic algorithm, algorithms, uh, now a large company can say, well, I have at my disposal all the weapons and I can deploy them as I like and I don't have to wait for a candidate to come forward in terms of the quantum algorithm chosen by the standards bureaus because I have all of them in one device and I can just pick the one that becomes the standard. Uh, so we're all about trying to make this decision easy uh, for a company and uh, begin them on their journey toward being quantum safe. So for the practitioners out there that might be listening and they're now they're interested in, okay, I wanna learn this quantum stuff because I see that's where the industry will be going in, in a matter of years. What do you suggest for them? Are there certain resources they should be checking out? Are, are there courses? Um, do you think it's something that they could learn from their employers and, and get them kind of bought in on it? Like, how does somebody go about learning this type of stuff? Well, I think there are a number of very good uh, quantum science organizations that accept uh, large and small corporations as members. And, uh, you know, if you 
or become a member of those, you certainly will have access to the latest information. Um, and, uh, you know, we certainly have learned a, a lot being members of those organizations. And we would suggest that uh, companies start there. Uh, some of the financial services companies that we work with uh, have hired quantum experts from companies uh, like IBM and Google uh, to advise them on security and uh, help them uh, develop their own program. But, you know, the way we work with companies is we will set up a uh, proof of concept uh, experiment for them to see how this all works. And uh, we believe that providing that sort of education is imperative to getting companies to decide which direction they'd like to go. And the uh, our watchword is, let's not make this a heavy lift. Uh, let's use as much of the technology that's already in place and just uh, implement the quantum aspects of it uh, for ultimate protection and security. Excellent. Um, so John, you shared a lot of good information. I definitely appreciate it. Any final thoughts for the audience out there? Well, I think that, you know, this is a, uh, a very serious issue that is coming upon us quickly. And um, it is important that it, it becomes a priority for corporations. And I think it's very important to get out in front of this early uh, because we're not, uh, we're not protecting our data well today. Any, any sort of harvesting attack that occurs uh, you can be guaranteed that within time, that information will become uh, perhaps not public, but will be visible to uh, a nefarious actor. So, you know, it's never too early to get started in your quantum information science program. And, uh, you know, we would recommend starting early to everyone. Very sound advice. So, John, again, I really appreciate you taking the time out to, to come on the podcast. Uh, like I said, you shared a lot of good information, and you're welcome back anytime. Well, thank you very much. Have a good day now. You too.